I'm Abby. And I'm Allie. And it's About Time for True Crime. Hi, you guys. Howdy. Happy Thursday. How's your week going? Mine is going swell. And I hope all of you are also having one. I know that's what Allie meant, but I just chimed right in. So, (laughs) Um, how are you guys doing? Are you like in the Thursday slumps or are you like so pumped that it's Friday, Junior? Or are you just really trying to get used to writing 23 instead of 22 that the whole week's thrown off anyway oh my gosh it's all that's where off. i am um i cannot honest. wait though for one two three four five only like 20 more years to go okay <laughs> <laughs> that's going to make my entire life so good remember 11 11 11 yeah that was a good day that was a fun one yeah <laughs> My cousin got married on 8-18-18, so it was 8-1-8-1-8. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, apparently a bunch of people did it because they thought it was lucky, and she was like, I don't know, it was just the open day at the venue. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. That's funny. But that was, a, that was a good wedding. Heck yeah. That was a fun one. But, yeah, I don't know. It, we're just sort of in January. We're getting settled into the groove. We're trying. It's new year. We're doing our best. But otherwise, I mean, life is pretty much the same here. Newton is being cute. He only kind of injured his pet sitter while I was gone for the holidays. So, yeah, no progress, but only kind of no vet bills or no No. hospital bills. No hospital, no vet, no urgent care at all. So that's that's good news. Mia Um, has been very talkative today. She's got lots to say. So we'll see if she makes another appearance. Mia. That was me. Hmm. Newton gets wicked bad. Anyhow, so yeah, just hanging out. Uh, how's your week going? What's new? You got anything exciting? Nothing really new. I'll be totally honest. Just work and sleep and sleep and work. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. A little bit of downtime. Are you yawning? I yawn. In my feet. God damn it. <laughs> uh, actually, oh my gosh, I do just have to do a little shout out here. Mm-hmm. My friend Randall got me the cutest Christmas gift. Mm. He literally sent me his version of FabFitFun. So he had like <laughs> an old FabFitFun box and he wrapped my entire gift in this like really pretty scarf and got me this cute little sweater and some blind dates with a book. Have you heard these? No. So people will take their books that they like a lot and wrap them in whatever kind of wrapping paper and then write on them like blind date with a book and just write down categories so it's like mystery thriller suspense oh that's rom-com. Awesome. so cute so i have two of those and some bath bombs and sue baby gave me like a little picture of the two of us that says oh. mom and we love her and it was just so sweet it was like so thought out and so well done and the cutest thing ever he got me badass babe tea i'm like ah. Oh. I fully sobbed. It was so sweet. You want to talk about sobbing? I sobbed at Abby's gift for me because it was <laughs> very, very, very thoughtful. And she drew this like very wonderful sketch, I guess, of me and my fiance of like the one of our first photos together. Yeah. And um, the day that we got engaged. So I did kind of like an overlay ink drawing. So... The first photo was sort of up in one of the corners, and then it almost blended into the engagement photo. No, it did, and I don't know how you did it. <laughs> All I know is I was a puddle. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, there is a secret about it that you'll find out someday. But okay, today's not the day. Today's not that day. No, 
But there was that one, and then there was the other one. And I didn't mean to go that hard. I really didn't. It just happened. Okay, but it was the sweetest thing, and it made me cry also. Yeah, I also made playlists this year. Yeah. So I got a bunch of people to tell me what songs reminded them of Allie, and then I did that. And then they all had their reasonings for it, and yeah. my friends wrote it, and it was just, oh, and family, and all. It was just, it. I was a puddle. I was an absolute and frack mess. I got another good picture for my little Patrick box of Spongebob. No. And it's just going to stay in there. I just have another little alley memory that I'm like, I'm keeping this, and I'm not letting it out. <laughs> You're fine. not letting it out. <laughs> I think I know what it is, and my mom sent it to you. Yes, she did. Thank <laughs> she's you. Lucky she's, Nancy. Nancy. she's lucky she's cute. She's lucky she's so cute. cute. <laughs> and I will happily take all of those. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, it was very good. It was a fun time for me to make, so I'm glad that you liked it. But. Well, that's very awesome. Yeah, it's just been, it's been good, and I really like an extended holiday. Like, yeah. I don't ever mind getting late Christmas gifts because I'm like, oh, it's Christmas in January. Okay. Yes. Um, so it's just, it's been a good week of following up all of those things. And Does that mean you have your editing in progress up? Yes, it is. I love Allie that. Allie got me this cute little sign. This is editing in progress since I do a lot of that for us. You and do it, all like, the editing because I cannot. <laughs> um. uh, I do my best. And it just lights up different colors and it's so cute and so i have it on i actually cleaned my room like cleaned cleaned no shit yeah no i'm serious and it's next to my little record player and it's so cute i love that yeah i'm really excited because i have this plant stand in the corner of my room and i fully went through like seasonal depression as you do and let a lot of my plants die as you do and now i don't really need the full stand oh and I just want to take the records off of it, but I don't know where to put them. But once I do that, then I can get my other gift from Sam, which is like a big plant. And I'm going to put it in that corner. So it's going to be very cute. But I have to figure out how I'm doing that first. It'll all come together. It will. And you know what? It'll be cute and I'll describe it to you guys, but I'm not going to show you my room. So <laughs> Sorry. Um, other than that. You got to take her to dinner first. Yeah, please. <laughs> And I like a key lime pie for dessert. Thank you. Really? You're a key lime pie? I love key lime pie. Oh, my God. I'm one of those like brownie fudge cake. Like I want to stab my fork into it and I want the fudge to come out. Yeah. And then I want ice cream with it. See, I like that. I want you to be like, oh, we'll split it. And then you let me have most of it. Yeah. You're just that kind of guy. That's yeah. I want want two separate ones because I want to eat the whole thing. (laughs) And... (laughs) Like some things I'll split. If it's going to be really rich, I'll usually split it. But there's just something about key lime pie. I don't know what it is. It's really fresh. It's really sweet. So it feels desserty. It doesn't feel like I'm eating like fruit salad for dessert. Mm-hmm. But it also doesn't make me feel like I just ate a pound of brownie batter, which I love. But it's not always what I want on a first date. I can see that. Yeah. I can see that. But that I think is a little... More uplifting than what we're about to get into. Oh, what we're about to get into is really tough. Should we get into it? I think we should. Okay. And then I think we should talk more about key lime pie after that. Okay. okay. I think we can do that. Okay. But like a better dessert than key lime pie, but that's just me. Well, you're entitled to your wrong opinion. So. <laughs> <laughs> you're entitled to your opinion no matter how wrong it is. Exactly. Okay. So today, on this very beautiful freezing Thursday, Yep. if you're in New England like we are, you understand us. Um, we're going to be talking about the case of Jacob Wetterling. <sighs> so 
So this might be one that you're familiar with. You've definitely at least heard it. Yes, I have heard of this case. I do not intentionally look into a lot of cases anymore because we do this. Right. So I didn't go further into it, but I have heard of it. And I'm anxious because he's he's baby, right? He's baby. Yeah, he's little boy. He's baby. Oh. So we're going to talk about it um, just to give you guys a heads up. As always, this is a true crime podcast. This is not... You know, unicorn shit and rainbows here. Mm -hmm. We talk about deep, heavy stuff here. This episode is no exception. There is child abuse and sexual assault, Mm. and um, it comes up frequently. So if that's not something for you, feel free to skip ahead and take care of yourself. But we are going to jump on into it. All right. Can you believe this is episode 52? No. We are so far into this. We've got such a good catalog now of episodes to go back and listen to. And then I also want everyone's feedback on what kinds of cases did you like? What didn't you like? What, you know, what do you want more of? Just tell us. All right. We just want to hear. Anyway. Also, just so you guys know, for the first time ever, I had to text Allie to be like, did we do this case? And that was a very fun moment for me. I was like, oh, my gosh. I don't know off the top of my head. Did we do this? Oh, my. We didn't. So it's coming. But we didn't. But I had already called dibs. And that's why she thought of it. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Like months ago. So you can't have it. Anyhow. Anyway, sorry. I'll get to it. Sorry. I promise. All right. Thank you. So because you know me and I will forget to say my sources at the end, I'll say them yep. now. Some of them are uh, NBC News, MPR News, AGC.com, the Department of Justice, CrimeMuseum.org, Bustle.com, Grunge.com, All the GuideStar.org, ZeroAbuseProject.org, things like that. Yep. Okay. It'll always be down in the show notes, too, if you ever need them. Yeah, they're always linked, but just so you guys can, like, also verbally hear it. Love that. That's who we're using. Okay. So, let's get into the case we're talking about today. We're going to be talking about the murder of Jacob Irwin Wetterling. Okay. He was only 11 years old. He was such a handsome young boy. If you look at his face, he is the all-American boy little athletic kiddo Mm. cute smile like eyes just full of life it's it's horrific look how cute his little face is oh he looks like he wanted to be a pitcher for the cubs and unfortunately that's how he stayed he stayed that young forever and that's what we're going to talk about so he truly just had the sweetest smile and by all reports he was you know, kind and athletic and fun-loving and most of all, just an innocent child mm-hmm. whose life was cut short by an absolute evil piece of shit waste of space. Ugh, I hate those. And um, I know that crimes against children are hard to hear. I argue that sex crimes against children are more difficult to hear. So again, skip yeah. through the parts if you need to because it's going to kind of like come at you quick. Oof. So, Jacob Wetterling was born in St. Joseph, Minnesota on February 17th, 1978. Okay. And just a little bit of information about St. Joseph. It was a very small town in Minnesota of less than 6,000 people. This was the 80s. This is what we're talking about here. And this town didn't really lock its doors. You would just kind of see kids always out and about playing. I mean, it was the 80s and they should have been out and about playing, okay? Yep. Jacob was the first son born to Jerry, who was a chiropractor, and Patty Wetterling, who um, she was a teacher turned stay-at-home mom. 
And like many kids his age, he liked to play outside, play with his siblings, mm. hang out with his friends. He had friends from school and in the neighborhood, and that's just what he was doing. He was just always out and about. I literally was just looking at photos of him for like a hot second, and, and it's he is... It's heartbreaking because he is the cutest thing. Like, Isn't he? Photos of him in his little soccer uniform. And I know. Ugh. So we're going to fast forward ahead to October 22nd, 1989. Okay. And this is not a good day. Okay. So on this day, we're actually going to kind of skip to the evening. Pat and Jerry were out to a dinner party. Okay. And gave permission to their sons, Jacob who's obviously the main topic in this case, and Trevor to ride their bikes to a convenience store to rent a movie. Okay. So they had asked if they could go. Originally, they were told no. The parents said, you know, they kind of changed their minds, that as long as you stick together, you guys can go, ride your oh. bikes, and don't leave each other's sides and come right home. Okay. So this was after dark. It's probably about 8.30 at night by this point. That's fair. And again, it's the fall, so it's a little bit darker earlier anyway. And... Jacob is 11 years old. His brother, Trevor, is 10 years old. And they were with their friend, Aaron Larson, who was also 11 years old. And they rode their bikes to the convenience store, got a movie to rent, and were riding back. Yeah. And they were riding back through a dirt road that wasn't, like, commonly used. I mean, there were cars, but not frequently. And just so you kind of can picture it, Jacob's riding his bike. He's got a t-shirt on that says Wetterling. I think it was probably like a sports t-shirt. And he's wearing a red hockey jacket. Okay. And while they're riding, a masked man jumps out from a driveway. Fuck. And he's pointing a gun at them and he orders them all off their bikes. Oh my gosh. So these are three boys under the age of 12, terrified. So they do as they're told. And then the mask man orders them to throw their bikes into the ditch that's right there so that they can't, like, ride them again, basically, and not look at him. And then orders them to lay face down on the ground. What the fuck? So all three boys are doing so. The masked man was described as having a very raspy voice. Okay. And asked each of the boys to tell him how old they were. Oh, ew. And they did. And so... The masked man told Jacob's little brother, the 10-year-old, to run away and not look back or else he would be shot. So Trevor ran away and didn't look back, as he was told. The masked man then told Jacob and Aaron to look at him. So those were the two 11-year-old boys. They both did. And at this time, this evil piece of shit chose Jacob. So he turned to Aaron and told him the same as Trevor. He said, run away, and if you look back, I'll shoot you. And Trevor took off running. Oh, my God. So the very last thing that Trevor saw just over his shoulder was Jacob being dragged into the woods. Oh, my God. So Trevor and Aaron, the two boys that were running away, make it back to the Wetterling house. The neighbors immediately call 911. And within minutes, police were at the Wetterling home. Thank God. But they're not at the scene of the crime. They're at the home to speak with the boys. And the boys are absolutely fucking terrified. Yeah. And... I'd be terrified, and I'm a grown-ass adult. Of course. And the boys bring the police where they were. Like, the police said, show us exactly where you were. They get to the scene, and nothing is left there. Except Jacob's bike in the ditch. Oh. So, they start canvassing the area. You know, at first glance, all they can see is Jacob's bike. Mm -hmm. 
and there's not a whole lot of evidence left at the scene. Most of the forensic strategies that we would use today just didn't exi- exist yet. Yeah. We sort of anticipated and hoped so we would sort of bag things and save them, but we didn't have a really effective way to test them yet. So besides Jacob's bike still in the ditch, they found shoe prints, one set from a larger shoe, one set from a smaller shoe. So mm. we can assume that that's from the masked man and Jacob. Yeah. They find tire tracks nearby that was from a car. Okay. And that's all that was left. So in the coming days, weeks, and months, search parties gathered and canvassed the area all over town, really, and in nearby towns. Yeah. In a couple days, the FBI joined the search. The Minnesota governor ordered National Guard troops in to aid in the search. Money was raised in efforts to fund the search and also for rewards for any information on the case. Oh my gosh. The abduction was broadcast nation- nationally, which yielded tips from all over via the phone, which was really one of the first cases that this really happened in. Right. Law enforcement searched on horseback. They had ATVs in the fields. They were looking high and low everywhere, and unfortunately, to no avail because there were no signs of Jacob. It's so impressive and equally devastating when you get such a quick response and law enforcement that takes it as seriously as it is it's not a runaway like we're gonna get looking and still there's nothing Mm -hmm. it's it's gutting it is and so we're actually gonna put a pin here with jacob okay and we're gonna rewind the clock back to january of this year Okay. So we're going to go to January of 1989. The case that we were just, what we were just talking about happened in October. So we're going to go back. Okay. So. 10 months earlier. A 12 year old boy named Jared Shiro was walking home from a local cafe mm-hmm. when a man pulled up to next to him in his car and asked for directions. And within seconds, the man was out of the car and forcing Jared into the car. Oh. Jared was abducted. He was handcuffed in the front passenger seat. He was sexually assaulted mm. and then told to run and not look back or he would be shot. Mm. And where this happened was in a part of Minnesota that was less than 10 miles from where Jacob Wetterling lived and where he disappeared from. Fuck. No one had been charged in this case. And of course, months later, Jacob's disappearance. And so... Jared and his family went to the authorities immediately. Right. He gave them a description of the vehicle and of the man, but unfortunately there were just no charges brought up against anybody. Okay. So in 1990, so just a couple months after Jacob's disappearance and about Mm -hmm. a year after Jared's assault, a man named Danny Heinrich was interviewed in relation to Jacob's disappearance and Jared's assault. Okay. He fit the description And his shoe was about the same size as the tracks found near where Jacob was taken, and the tires of his vehicle were consistent with those tracks found nearby. Okay. However, the lab couldn't say that either were an exact match, so it wasn't really conclusive. And of course, he denied any involvement in either case. Right. So, it's also important to note that between 1986 and 1990, Mm -hmm. there were about eight boys that had reported being sexually assaulted. Holy hell. By a man who grabbed them, assaulted them, and then ordered them to run away or they would be shot or stabbed or whatever. Right. And if he was ever caught, he would. He said, if they ever get me, I'm coming for you. 
So that's why a lot of them were very hesitant to speak. Piece of shit. So this, all of this information is sort of like starting to come to light, but no right. one's really connecting the dots. We just know that in this area, there's several of these, but they're all being reported to different agencies and we didn't have a way to unify. Yeah. So okay. that everyone was on the same page. So later in 1990, investigators were still looking at Heinrich. Right. And they actually got the vehicle that he had owned in 1989 and had Jared Shearl sit in the back of it to try to determine if this was the car that he had been abducted in. Holy shit. And they said on a scale to 1 to 10, how similar is this to the car that you were taken in? He said it was either an 8 or a 9. Okay. So he felt pretty strongly that this was pretty much it. Also, what a brave guy. Well, while this might have sounded like a good idea, he's probably 13 at this time. Yeah. And he was traumatized in that vehicle. And you don't just bring a similar make and model. You brought the vehicle. You got Danny Heinrich's vehicle and brought it. And if you believe that he's the one that assaulted him, then you just put him back in that place. Exactly. You might think that's a good idea. Still as a child. Baby. Yeah. While Patty and Jerry Wetterling, again, Jacob's parents, were searching for their son, they also sort of simultaneously changed the game in terms of what resources are available for the parents of missing children. Okay. So, mostly Patty aided in requiring a child sex offender registry in Minnesota, which had never been done before. I love that. Fast forward to 1994. Congress passed the Jacob Wetterling Crimes Against Children and Sexually Violent Offender Registration Act. Yeah. Which is a very long name. But this was really the groundwork, the foundation for the laws that we have today. It turned into Megan's Law, which was the case where a girl was murdered by her neighbor. Mm -hmm. And he was a sex offender that had just moved to the neighborhood. The family wasn't aware that this violent offender just moved literally right next door yeah and that's who murdered their daughter so then that became that went into law and then of course um it's more commonly known in relation to adam walsh yep um but the wetterlings really focused on not only passing legislation but also making resources for families in their situation because they felt that nothing was available for them when it happened to them they didn't know where to turn right and the police didn't really know where to point them right so All they tried to do was try to gather resources for families on how to either better prevent it from happening. Yeah. Education about how it happens and then what to do if it does happen. Okay. I mean, that is amazing groundwork to do, but it is awful to think that they didn't even have that. Nope. They didn't. They didn't have that. And this is the mid 90s. And still years and years went by and no new information came out regarding what happened to Jacob. So at this point, he's just missing. He's just disappeared abducted but But, disappeared yeah so in 1996 amber alerts were created yep also a little bit before this time and during this time for the first time ever parents began fingerprinting their kids okay so that they had fingerprint records they began um making sure that they had dental records on file Mm -hmm. because it there just kind of became this nationwide push of how do we identify right so that was sort of coming forward in 1997 they released age progress photos as an approximation of what jacob might look like at age 19 because he would have been 19 at this time and in the meantime and i'm not exaggerating thousands of leads are being followed up on Mm. in 2014 six billboards went up with age progress photos of what jacob might look like at age 37 
because that's how old he would be in 2014. Oh my god! So there was really not a whole lot going on between right. the 90s and to 2014. Those poor parents, that poor family. But it took until 2014 for investigators to start looking into all of these assaults against young boys in that area. It took that long? It took that long. I mean, it was starting to be talked about, but it wasn't... Yeah. No one was really assigned to investigate that. Remember, this case went cold pretty quick. Yeah. Because after that first day, there no matter nothing. how much they searched, they didn't find any new information. Right. And it wasn't as if, you know, they realized, okay, in January we had this happen with Jared, and then in October this, this happened yeah. with Jacob. There weren't... It wasn't the same agency. They weren't speaking. Right. And I think it's also important to note that this is all sheriffs. So... Okay, that's fair. Sheriff's departments do not operate the same way as police departments do. I I don't want to say that they're slower, but they just have different ways that they work. It's really yeah. odd. Um, But so if you're thinking like, well, why didn't this PD do that? It's because it's not a PD. It's a sheriff's office. Right. Um, These are elected officials. You know, you think of like election years and campaigning and... What side of the ballot are you on? And you got to think that some of the focus is there, too. Right. And maybe not always on all the cases, right? So, again, in 2014, this is when they really started compiling the list of the other boys who are now men now um, in those years that had been attacked. Holy. And it was only just now being considered that it wasn't just random one-off crimes, but instead probably one perpetrator seeking out and attacking boys in that area at that time and releasing them saying if they look back that they will be shot was pretty memorable yeah so actually an internet blogger her name is joy baker started connecting the dots on these an internet blogger okay she got connected with the adult jared shearl okay um who was working on his own case because he never had justice and what had happened to him. Right. And his life was deeply affected. He had severe trauma, nightmares, difficulty trusting people, difficulty with friends. Yeah. His entire life was shaped by this. And also always looking over his shoulder, feeling like it could happen again. Right. So the two of them start connecting the dots and really start looking at, okay, this case is awfully similar to Jacob Wetterling. It wasn't that far. Yeah. Where is Jacob? So the other boys who were victims, you know, of these similar circumstances were re-interviewed now as adults. Mm -hmm. And again, no one had been prosecuted in their cases either. There was never really getting to the bottom of it. And all of the sketches all seemed to point to the offender being one person. So all the sketches really kind of looked like one person by each boy who described him looked the same. So, the investigation into Jacob's disappearance does get a lot of criticism, not just because of the way that, you know, Jacob's case sort of went cold pretty quick, but because of all of the ones before and after it with those other people. Right. That nobody did connect the dots, and it shouldn't have been on Jared himself and an internet blogger to kind of do the groundwork for that. Absolutely. Because between the 80s and 90s, Eight boys in that small area were sexually assaulted. Yeah, that is a high amount. Who all described the man looking very similar. Who all described his voice being deep and raspy. Mm -hmm. Who all described that he had a police scanner in his car. Mm -hmm. 
and who released them and said he would shoot if they looked back or told anybody. Yeah. These are all very consistent details. Yeah. And so, again, the criticism is basically, how did you not connect the dots? How were these agencies not speaking to to each other, especially with the FBI involved and the National Guard? Yeah. Was it too many hands in the pot or were there not enough? Right. Or, yeah, not the right hand. And how was this not noticed? So, in October 2015, the investigation brought police back to one person, mm-hmm. Danny Heinrich, who we talked about earlier. Fucking I. So, Danny had been questioned back in 1989, again, in connection with both Jacob and Jared's assaults. Well, at least Jacob's disappearance, Jared's assault. Yeah. And a DNA sample had been taken at that time. Hell yeah. But it wasn't tested because we didn't really have it. Right. And this case had gone, no, like, as awful as it sounds, it had gone cold and there were other things that clogged up the state, you know, testing labs. Right. That were more pressing. And they didn't even have anything to compare it to. Mm-mm. Yeah. So it was also in 2015 that they got results back on the DNA test. Okay. Because the DNA found on the sweatshirt sleeve of Jared Shear the day that he was assaulted mm-hmm. matched the DNA collected from Danny Heinrich. Okay. Unfortunately... The statute of limitations was out on Jared's assault case. Are you fucking kidding me? So Danny Heinrich could not be arrested in his kidnapping or assault. Horrific. I'm going to lose my shit. However, what the police were able to do, though, was get a search warrant for Danny's house so they couldn't arrest him for what he did to Jared, but they could use that as grounds for a search warrant to get him on something else. Okay. So they go into Danny's home and they find a lot of child pornography. A lot. They also found several police scanners, which all the boys said that their attacker had. Yeah. And other things like newspaper clippings on Jacob's case that it just seemed like he paid a little too close attention. And with that, Danny Heinrich was arrested on the charge of the possession of child pornography. Right. As he should be. That's what they and had And so of. that was October 28th, 2015. Right. Now, when he was arrested, the investigators knew that they needed to work fast. Yeah. Because he was volatile in their conversations. And he would say that he would give information about Jacob and then said he wouldn't. And then he said he would. And then he said he wouldn't. And so. Oh, my God. They ended up coming to an agreement at a time where he was willing to talk. Mm-hmm. And they offered a plea deal. Okay. Now, they got the Wetterling's blessing, so Jerry and Patty didn't push back on this, but the police offered not to charge Heinrich with Jacob's murder. Wow. So, Deal he was- freaking lifetime. He was going to serve 20 years for the possession of child pornography anyway. Mm-hmm. He was in his mid-50s at the time. Okay. And at this point- he would be held civilly. So these were federal child pornography charges. Yeah. And they were going to be, you know, he'd get 20 years for that. And then after that, they could make an argument for civilly, like still basically incarcerating him, saying that he's still a violent sexual predator and shouldn't be allowed out. Right. So everyone was pretty confident that he wouldn't see the light of day anyway. Okay. So with that, you know, ink dried on this deal that he's got, Danny finally 
opens up about what happened to Jacob. This was 27 years after Jacob had been abducted. What the fuck? Jacob had been gone nearly three times longer than he'd been alive. And the family is just now getting closure about what happened to him. So beyond not okay. And I, I know it's not for a lack of trying, but fuck. Oh, it's horrible. It's horrible. All right. Tell me more. So I'm going to tell you what Heinrich said happened on October 22nd, 1989. Okay. He said that he was driving in his car and he came across three boys riding their bikes. Again, it was nighttime. And he decided that he was going to make his move. And so with an unloaded revolver. Are you fucking kidding me? Unloaded revolver. He jumps out at them and he orders them to dump their bikes. This mm-hmm. is all consistent. And he said that he had them all lay face down, asked them each their ages, let the youngest one go between the two. He looked at their faces, I'm sure assuming which one he was more attracted to which Mm -hmm. was absolutely disgusting they are 11 year old children 11 he decided on jacob so the other boys got away he dragged him to his car and he handcuffed the 11 year old in the passenger seat of his car he listened to the police scanner that he kept in the car and pretty much instantly from the time the boys got home and the neighbor was able to call the police, there was a lot of chatter on that police scanner, which Heinrich was listening to, and that freaked him out. Okay. So with all that commotion, as law enforcement was already looking for Jacob, he decides he's going to change directions, he's going to drive somewhere else. This was not where he was anticipating on driving, and he goes out of town to a nearby gravel pit. Okay. He ordered Jacob to take his clothes off, And he assaulted him. And Jacob said that he was cold. And he asked when he could go home. And Heinrich said he couldn't go home. And Jacob cried. Fuck. He cried. And through tears, Jacob asked, What did I do wrong? No. And so Heinrich panicked, loaded the revolver with two bullets. He said he told Jacob to turn around and not look at him. And he said he held out the gun. He turned his own head so he wouldn't have to look, and he pulled the trigger. Fuck him. He shot Jacob once, but Jacob was still standing. Are you kidding? So he turned away, and he shot him again. He then buried his body out there. The next year, he went back to the same gravesite and started to panic because part of Jacob's red jacket had become unburied, and he knew that someone would find him. So instead, he dug up Jacob's remains And he moved them to a new location. So he gave the authorities the new location during this interview. Because this was what, you know, in exchange for his uh, lesser sentence. And really, let's be honest, no sentence for Jacob's murder. Um, He told them where his remains were so they could finally bring Jacob home. So in a farm less than 30 miles from where Jacob lived, they found human bones a few teeth, and a t-shirt that said Wetterling on it. Fuck. Using dental records, they confirmed that the remains belonged to 11-year-old Jacob Wetterling. Heinrich also admitted to the abduction and the assault on Jared. So Jared finally got some sort of That's good for closure Jared. on that. 
And according to NBC News, I just want to read what um, Patty Wetterling sort of put out. She said, quote, I want to say to Jacob, I'm so sorry. It's incredibly painful to know his last days, his last hours, his last minutes. We love you, Jacob, and we will continue to fight. Our hearts are hurting. <sighs> and she said, for us, Jacob was alive until we found him. Yeah. We need to heal. The years of not knowing what happened are now replaced by a darker truth. Yeah. Because truthfully, every other victim in that area had survived. Yeah. And they were hopeful that after the dots were connected, that everyone else had been released, that maybe Jacob had been too. Right. And still to this day, Patty does not know why of all the other boys, why hers was chosen and why hers was the one that was killed. Yeah. And I don't think that they're going to get an answer for that. Probably not. So the Department of Justice released a statement which quoted the Stearns County Sheriff, which was the county that this all happened in. Right. Um, who was investigating Jacob's case. And he said, quote, Jacob Wetterling's abduction in 1989 ended an age of innocence for central Minnesota and beyond. And it had a dramatic impact on how parents raised their children. As the investigation wore on and years turned to decades, the hope of resolving the case and bringing Jacob home never once faltered. A combination of steadfast determination, science, and a unique collaborative effort involving local, state, and federal agencies yeah. highlighted the value and importance of these relationships. Even though the ending is not what we'd hoped and prayed for, Jacob is finally home. Wow. And, again, it it really did change the way that people raised their kids. There were less kids out riding their bikes, and especially in St. Joseph, especially in this small oh, Minnesota sure. town. You didn't see a single kid riding his bike anymore. Yeah. You didn't see kids playing outside anymore. You didn't see parents not always looking over their shoulders, always making sure their kids were home. Right. I mean, the age of leaving your door unlocked or letting your child out or giving them a little bit more freedom was over. Yeah. And... You know, for better or for worse. Like, I I know I've been quiet. I'm just genuinely dumbfounded. Like, this is so gut-wrenching. But, I don't know. You hear about the latchkey generation. Mm -hmm. Like, all of these kids that really had free reign with no... I mean, not no supervision, but nowhere Limited. near Limited. what it is today because it really it wasn't always the kids you couldn't trust it was the adults oh absolutely the kids you can send home and they'll make a piece of toast in a toaster because that's the only thing they can use but they make a damn good toast damn yes they do but like it's just it breaks my heart that they had to go this long like they that, had to go three times longer than he was alive to mm -hmm. find out that he was dead the day he went missing. And that is, like, all of that so incredibly gut-wrenching. And I am so incredibly proud that they really held out that hope that whole time. Well, and so, remember how I said the dad was a chiropractor? Yeah. So, when the investigation was going on, initially, they were on the news right think john benet's family in right. terms of like press conferences and things we want like everybody that. to know please help yeah the mom was very vocal right the dad very stoic yeah and so of course that led people to suspect him because he wasn't showing or displaying the emotion that they had expected 
And so oh his business gosh. suffered because so many people thought he did it. Are you kidding? And they wouldn't go see him. So Fuck. not only is their son missing, and now we know he was dead, but people are saying, well, we're not even going to try. We know the dad did it, and we're also not going to give him business. Fuck. I also want to point out, I didn't want to go into it because, well, it's just kind of upsetting, but it isn't the actual case. They had accused the man. You remember how I said that Heinrich jumped out of a driveway? Yeah. The driveway belonged to a music teacher at the school. No. And so the music teacher was also under suspicion. And of course, he worked with children and all of that. And so he couldn't, he didn't get business because no one wanted to send their kids to him, obviously. Right. And he was named, like officially named a person of interest. And so what the fuck? he was treated horribly yeah. for these horrific crimes that he didn't commit. Oh my gosh. So I didn't want to go down that rabbit hole because right. I want to focus on what such a piece of shit this guy is. And we're going to get yes. into this right here. Okay, so, good. Because I already hate him and I can't wait to hate him more. Oh, you will. So that Department of Justice uh, statement that was released also had details about what they found in Heinrich's home in terms of the child pornography. Right. And I just wanted to include it so that we all sort of know the disgusting subhuman wet piece of shit that we've been talking about. Oh, I'm into it. So the statement said, quote, according to Heinrich's guilty plea, he possessed between 10 and 150 child pornography images including images of prepubescent minors under the age of 12. The pornographic material portrays sadistic and masochistic conduct in images of morphed child pornography. So this isn't just like, I don't know, if you consider a a, a nude sent by a 17-year-old as child pornography versus... No, no, no. These are like 10-year-olds. And he's trying to be like a being masochist shit. And I Fuck think that, that there's a, there's a to me there's a very clear difference there, yes. between someone who looks like an adult, yep. and someone who undoubtedly says everything is a baby. Yes, and not for nothing. Like I have worked with people who have had charges similar, and it's hard. It's you worked awful. at a halfway house. I sure did, and some of them. You kind of really did see that difference where it was like, oh, could have been an adult. You still need to check because it's a very young adult. Could have been on the cusp. It's still illegal. It's still going. You know, right. It's still not good. Some there's of them, a difference. There's one guy I could not look in the eye. I read what he did and it was two. I'm just going to say this. 48 confirmed cases, oh. which should say enough. I could not look him in the eye. Some of some you just fucking know and some you don't some you're like oh shit like that's that's the charge okay sh- all right did not expect no some of them you really can they're just human hemorrhoids it's awful <laughs> some can go either way right and you can almost see like was there a lapse in judgment could mm-hmm. could you see how someone else could have you know what a reasonable would a reasonable person believe that this was an adult does that matter blah 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 and then you have these are babies these are babies that you are trying to you're trying to hurt. And you these are aren't just photos of babies. These are babies being abused. Yeah. And then photos being taken of that. And to me, that's another difference. Yep. Because it's all bad, but that's worse. Yeah. So 
And I just I just wanted to lay that out so that if anybody's feeling like, well, maybe it wasn't. that No, no, no. He was an actual piece of wet dog shit. And we need to like really hammer that home. The last difference that I would give people credit for is don't look at it. But you know what I mean? If some, if you're on like freaking spam xrt.org and you get all of the pop-ups and you're like fuck I didn't want to see something that's different than searching it searching it's different than saving it saving it's different than actually touching the fucking person and this guy killed a kid for it molested so many innocent fucking kids oh it drives me nuts so there's a total of 10 if we take the eight plus Jared plus Jacob now those are the only ones that came forward which we know only about half of. And those are the only ones that were local to him. We don't know if he traveled. We don't know where he went. We don't know. Fuck this guy. So today, Danny Heinrich is still incarcerated, obviously. He's actually in a federal prison in Massachusetts. So if you're a New Englander, um, write him a nasty grim. Yeah. I don't know, something. Um, and he'll be there until 2036. And then, of course, we are anticipating civil lit- litigation, keeping him incarcerated for the rest of his what I hope is a miserable life. Hope so. In 2021, Danny Heinrich was actually ordered to pay $17 million to Jared Shearl. Good. And though Jared will likely probably never see a red cent, considering that Danny yep. had um, filed for bankruptcy years before he was incarcerated and is now, of course, incarcerated, um, it is something. Yeah. And Jared's attorney, Doug Kelly, said, quote, the most important thing here is this is the first time Danny Heinrich was held accountable for abducting and abusing Jared. Good. And it's true. This yeah. is the first time because the statute of limitations hadn't run out before and on the child pornography case didn't have anything to do with him or Jacob, even though it did. It didn't. Right. This is the first time that pen to paper Jared's name is in connection, you know, and that Danny has to pay for that in some way. Even if monetarily, again, I'm not anticipating Jared right. seeing a cent. And I don't think Jared's anticipating that either. But it's some form of justice because it's the only one that he can get at this point. Yeah. And that... I have such mixed feelings on statutes of limitation. Because I totally understand where they're important and where they come in for certain things. Correct. But on that... Uh-uh. But no. If you're assaulting children... There should not be a statute of limitations. I don't I don't care. Mm-hmm. If you're an adult and you're assaulting a child, I don't care if you did it 10 seconds ago. I don't care if you did it 10 years ago. I don't care if you did it 10 decades ago. You did that. You made that choice with a sound mind mm-hmm. and wrecked somebody else's shit. Yep. That, ugh. Ugh. So I want to end this with the incredible work that the Jacob Wetterling Resource Center has done. Okay. This is the resource center that Patty and Jerry Wetterling founded, mm-hmm. and it's still running today. And their vision is to, quote, end all forms of child abuse, neglect, and exploitation through training, education, advocacy, prevention, and awareness, providing care and treatment for children, families, and adult survivors. I also want to add that, yeah. excitingly, Patty Wetterling is actually writing a memoir, and it's due out in the fall of 2023, so the fall of this no year. No way! 
So we'll keep our eyes open for that. I'm very eager to read that. And yes. maybe we can do like a part two or like a, a discussion of the memoir after that comes out. Because I think that would be awesome. I would love that. And uh, lastly, I just want to go over some resources so that we can all educate ourselves on who is harming children, how they do it, and how we can best be prepared. Hell yeah. So I'll include the victim assistant page from the JWRC, which is the jacob wetterling resource center but it's a lot easier to say jwrc so we'll say that love and some of these are specific to minnesota and others are national so i have the page linked anyway and you can kind of see if it says minnesota and you don't live there well it might not be useful for you Hmm. um and i also want to include some national resources as always childhelp.org okay which is a good one and um the national child abuse hotline is one 800 4 a child or 1-800-422-4453 there's also the national center for victims of crime which is 1202-467-8700 or www.victimsofcrime.org and there's also the ncadv which we've talked about before as the national coalition against domestic violence and they've got a resource page that i've linked and as always if you or someone you know if you feel someone's in emergency or an immediate harm, please dial 911. And, you know, um, I don't know, one girl who carries mace to hopefully another. There's nothing wrong with a knee in a ball sack or a scratch in an eye. I'm, you can go for the low-hanging fruit. Like, it's Literally. there. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> Literally. It's there for a reason. It's if there you got for a reason. It's there for you to kick it. Yeah. Just stomp on it. If you have anything free, you can bash a head into a nose. You can... I don't care. You can teach kids that it's okay to play a little dirty when you have to play dirty. And you should make that difference, but... Yeah, we're not saying just because, like, he was mean to you on the playground. Yeah, we mean, like, like gouge an eye out, but, like, like, actually assaulting you. Yeah, you fight back, girlfriend. Yeah, and that's commendable. That's okay, and that's good to fight back to what you can. Like, that doesn't mean anybody deserves it or that anybody who doesn't fight back is wrong. Freeze is a very valid adrenaline response. It happens to a lot of people. You can't like, you can't choose what your brain is going to do when you're in fight or flight. Which, again, it's fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. So there's more than just those two. It's just easier to, you know, say them because they rhyme. But it just, I don't know. It makes me so sad, and especially with those power dynamics. And, like, this man has a gun, even though it's not fucking loaded. They could have just said, no, fuck you, and kept riding, and he couldn't have done a goddamn thing about it. Yeah, but they were good fucking kids. But they didn't know, and a scary man told them to do something, and they did it, and that was it. And so many lives were affected by this. Patty Wetterling, and I didn't include the exact quote, but she said something along the lines of, I spent more years searching for Jacob than I did raising him. Oh, God. And really, truthfully, I mean, he was dead longer than he was alive. Yeah. By the time they three times over before they even knew what happened to him. And the friend, uh, Aaron Larson. Yeah. Never forgave himself. How do you? I mean, I'm not saying that he shouldn't. It's not. No, but that was a traumatic experience for him, too. And he's the one that got away. And Jacob wasn't. And he doesn't know why he got away. He's battles survivor's guilt and trauma and terror from that. And there are so many more victims than just Jacob here. I know. I think about his brother. 
his brother, the other siblings, the parents, the dad who was accused, the, the mom who kept teacher, fighting, the music yeah. teacher who was accused, whose life was destroyed, those nine other boys, their families. Yeah. Horrible. But... And I I always say this every time we have a story where it's like someone's like, mm, no, and then they change their mind and they're like, okay, fine, but be careful or like do this, that, or the other thing. Oh, and I hate that. Like Martha Moxley's mom yeah. who let her out when she wasn't going to let her out. Yeah. And it's just like, I know I, because I am this way and it would be me. Like I would beat myself up for that forever, even if it had no control Not on even the if, even though yeah you can't control that and you can't know that yeah you know what like it could have been any other freaking summer day and they could have been fine Mm -hmm. that guy could have been in just a different place but it's i know it's this illusion of control that people are like oh if i didn't do that they'd be fine it's no that's not on anybody's shoulders but the piece of dog shit that's already rotting in prison for it so i hope that um the food is fucking horrendous Yep. I hope that other inmates spit on him. I hope that he never sees the light of day. I hope he's rotting in the darkest, coldest, grimiest, most disgusting cell. I hope he doesn't have a pillow. The best consolation I have for this is knowing exactly what prison culture does to people that have raped children oh and i that's why i sorry monsters that have raped children that was the wrong word people i believe that he's probably in some kind of solitary anyway for that reason probably for his own protection yeah but i hope that it's cold and raw and horrible yep and that's that's all i have to say i but i don't want to focus on him i want to focus on jacob and what his mom and family have I was actually Done. just going to say, I think the end of the piece of shit Adam Strong quote applies here too. And hopefully one day this mush of a fuck hmm. would just disappear. You won't be remembered. Someday he'll just be gone. Yep. And uh, we'll never hear of him or think of him or see of him again, except in remembrance of how fucking awesome Jacob Wetterling is and how strong his family is. And I hope that all of the other boys who had experienced similar things by this monster have found peace with that too and can rest knowing that oh yeah, piece of shit, piece of shit can't <laughs> hurt anybody anymore. I don't even want to say his name. Um, I do think we need a reprieve after that. I'm going to be honest. We definitely do. So hold tight. Yes. Mia, what was that? Mia, can you say it again? Oh. Okay, you guys, so Allie and I thought it would be the perfect week to do a funny resolutions reprieve. I so think we that'll be funny. are going to find some of our favorites and share them with you. All right, well, I found this one by a kid. Yes. Like they asked a kid and he said, I'll color on paper and not the walls. Oh, I mean, that's a good goal. Good. Exercise your right to Taco Tuesday. I like that. I'll finish all the DIY projects I started and stopped in 2019. That's fair. That's a good one. That is a good one. <laughs> this one is be on a first name basis with your regular DoorDasher. Oh. <laughs> this this little quote is may all your troubles last as long as your New Year's resolution. <laughs> <laughs> so approximately so quick, two huh? weeks. Yeah. Got a little junk in the trunk? 
Find out what's in there. Literally. See what treasures are hiding out in your car's trunk. <laughs> <laughs> I like, oh, there's a little one for cats and dogs, like your pet resolutions. Mm-hmm. I will become an internet celebrity. <laughs> oh, Mia. I will eat more. <laughs> or very Newton. I will finally catch and destroy that bird. Oh, <laughs> he would too. Little engine that could. I know. I will relearn social cues after staying home for two years. <laughs> uh, all right, one more each. Yes, yeah, sounds good. Okay, I will unfriend every person who shares their unsolicited diet or exercise regimen on social media. I love that. <laughs> I love it. I don't give a shit about what you're doing. <laughs> All right, and lastly, for my last funny New Year's resolution, um, I know that a lot of people give stuff up for resolutions, so this year I'm just giving up. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You guys, it was so delightful to hang out with you. Thanks for hanging in there with us. This was a tough one. And next week, uh, just to remind you, we will be going down to one episode a week. But have no fear. That does not mean that you're getting lesser quality content. It just means that we're going to have deeper dives on the content that we're putting out. Hell yes. And don't forget, you can always ask for cases, request cases, Tell us what you're looking for because we are happy to look for it with you. And don't forget in January, you get to pick a case for us. Yes. So I believe we'll be doing that episode just as soon as we feel comfortable with all of the roundups that we're getting. We want to give everybody a chance to get in there. But we are so excited to deliver one from you for you. And I don't know. I If you want to send us any cases that you want to see any thoughts comments questions you can definitely do that on our instagram where you would type in about time for true crime pod with periods in between every word so a b o u t period t i m e period f o r period t r u e period c r i m e period p o d because podcast was too long in that little instagram search box and then you can dm us or you can comment on our posts, like them, share them. We love it all and we appreciate it all. But if you wanted to send something a little bit longer, maybe a little bit bigger, pictures of your pets, your hopes and dreams, your funny New Year's resolutions, Allie, where could they email that? So you could do that if you send us a cute little email to abouttime4tc at gmail.com. So that's A-B-O-U-T-T-I-M-E, numeric 4-T-C at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you, chat with you. We hope that you can continue to share and repost and tell a friend and download and follow and leave a review and a little comment and rate and mm, all those all the, things. All the things that have all the words and that can help it grow. And that really does help you guys. Um, any of the comments, any of the ratings, any of the reviews, we read them all. We love them all. Um, but it does. It is one of the ways that podcasts get recognized. So we are always into it and always grateful for any of you that do. Thank you so much. And we will see, see you next, next time. Week. Oh, my gosh. Stop copying me. If I look at my watch, that was About Time for True Crime. Bye. Bye. Get your phone.